Have you ever looked at something you disliked, like say in the culture, and then you realize that you may be seeing a partial reflection of yourself? I mean, I really hope that you have. If you can see yourself, or at least some of your tendencies, part of your weaknesses, your untoward desires, in the things you dislike, you're maturing as a as a Christian. This is the log and spec thing. I'm using it in a, a different way, not just talking about an individual in your family as, as you're struggling with their spec and not seeing your log, but I'm talking about looking into the culture, seeing a group of people or an entire culture or a part of the country where they're doing this, that, or the other, and you disdain it, you dislike it, you're righteously angry about it. And it's appropriate, and you should be that way if it is active sin that is happening. But as you are doing that, my question is, have you have you ever looked at something and realized that you may be seeing a partial reflection of yourself? Well, if you are, then you are maturing as a Christian, and that is important. We don't want to hold back from critiquing sin and talking about the things that are wrong and the need to love God and to pursue holiness, but we we want to make sure that we're not doing that as detached individuals, meaning as though we are not Adamic people, meaning like we have never been lost, never been unregenerated, never needed God. And even for those of us who have been born a second time, we still have Adamic tendencies, and that's why we can learn from the very things that we disdain. We don't have to look at them self-righteously and judge them as such. Yeah, we want to judge them in the appropriate biblical way. And as we're doing that, we want to be learning, assessing ourselves, because again, we have very similar tendencies, weaknesses, and untoward desires. Well, recently I was doing that. I saw myself in someone, and this might surprise you. And so hold on as I move into this podcast. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you are here. With that preface, here is the title to the podcast. Do you see how similar you are to Caitlyn Jenner? I saw myself recently in Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner, the man who became Caitlyn Jenner, the woman, a transgendered person. And so don't turn me off because I I do want you to listen to this podcast because there's there are things here that you can learn as I am learning them myself. And you can make these applications, practically speaking, into your life. You may be surprised, but more than that, I trust that the Lord will help you. Uh, to, to help you to continue to grow in your walk with God. Now, if you want to read this podcast, I would love for you to do it. There's a 2,000-plus word article sitting on our website. It is free to you. It is underwritten by those who faithfully support our ministry. And so I want you to use the podcast, use the article. I have more than 20 embedded links inside this article. This would be an excellent case study for you, uh, for you and a friend, For you and your small group, for those of you who do the work of biblical counseling or discipleship, please use our articles as as homework assignments. Uh, they're, They're not books which make them make them flexible and the ability to pivot and and they're actually they're excellent that way, and we, we do hear back regularly. In fact, just last week I heard this comment where someone appreciated the articles because Well, it's where we are, one, as a culture, but it also gave them flexibility 
what I mean where we are in our culture is that uh, we, we, like, we have short attention spans. But it also gave the disciple maker, the counselor, flexibility to deal with the person they're interacting with. And so they could use several of our articles on several different topics, and they could cover a lot of redemptive ground that way. And so you're welcome to use those articles. Let me get into this podcast. Again, do you see how similar you are to Caitlyn Jenner? Now, I'm going to divide this podcast into two parts, because the first part is I want to bring everybody up to speed on who Bruce Jenner is and where he came from, and and the the controversy that he stirred up, not with you and me, of course, that was controversial enough, but he stirred up a controversy within the transgender and feminist movement because he didn't become the proper, he didn't become the proper kind of a woman. He didn't become their version. He didn't become the woman that he should be. And I want to talk about that just briefly. And then I want to transition because I do want to make it practical. I just don't want to give you a historical biographical sketch of a man who became a woman. But again, we should be able to see our reflection in the mirror as we look at this man. And I trust that you will be able to. And not only that, that God would use this podcast to help you to grow closer to him as you continue to rid out those Adamic tendencies that reside in all of us. All right, so the first part, just bring you up biographically of where who Bruce Jenner is and what happened when he when he came out in 2015. I watched and honestly I adored and I cheered for Bruce Jenner in 1976. I mean, I can still see him carrying the American flag, triumphant, as the world declared him our most outstanding athlete. He was the ultimate man. Every other Olympic athlete was good at maybe one, maybe two events, but Bruce excelled more than them all. He was a decathlete, a person who competes in 10 skilled events. I wanted to be like him because Bruce defined masculinity for me. Now, he was also good-looking. He was famous, soon to be rich. I mean, what more could a man want? Well, we move forward now. Bruce Jenner is in his 60s now, and, well, he's a woman, according to him. I don't believe that, but according to him, he's a woman. He's Caitlin. And that's what he wants you to believe. That's what he wants me to believe. In, 20, in June 2015, Bruce showed the world what he thought himself to be when he made the cover of Vanity Fair as a babe. Before his provocative coming out spread, he revealed in a Diane Sawyer interview how he wanted, quote, to be able to have a uh, to be able to have my nail polish on long enough that it actually chips off, end quote. His perspective on what it means to be a woman, well, it created a firestorm for feminists everywhere. Who would have thunk it? I mean, certainly the feminists who have been pushing for these types of things for decades now should have been on his side, but they were not. They were angry. Now, it's true. They genuinely desire to be his ally, but they have insisted for decades that being a woman is more than beauty, nail polish, and slim waistlines. And there was the rub. That was the tension between what Bruce did and who Bruce wanted to be. You see, if you want to be like those on the far left, it's a very narrow line. There's only a certain way you can do it. You can't do it anyway. You have to do it their way. Feminists believe a man can be a woman, but only their approved version of a, of a woman. Eleanor Burkett of the New York Times, she wrote about this, and this is what she said in the Times. She said, quote, the 
I was born in the wrong body rhetoric favored by other trans people doesn't work any better than is just as and is just as offensive reducing us to our collective breast and vaginas. Imagine the reaction if a young white man suddenly declared that he was trapped in the wrong body and after using chemicals to change his skin pigmentation and crocheting his hair into twists expected to be embraced by the black community. Many women I know of all ages and races speak privately about how insulting we find the language trans activists use to explain themselves. After Mr. Jenner talked about his brain, one friend called it an outrage and asked in exasperation, quote, is he saying that he's bad at math, weeps during bad movies, and is hardwired for empathy, end quote. After the release of the Vanity Fair photos of Ms. Jenner, Susan Egger, a Michigan journalist, wrote on her Facebook page, quote, I fully support Caitlyn Jenner, but I wish she hadn't have chosen to come out as a sex babe, end quote. This entire snippet that I just shared with you, again, from Eleanor Burkett of the New York Times. Feminists have long decried the image of beauty as the antithesis to their cause. Now, Bruce Jenner, the torchbearer for the transgender movement, has made feminine beauty the defining icon that supports his claim to be a woman. This unexpected definition of transgenderism is quite a problem for these folks. It's, it's kind of like the pro-abortion, pro-abortion activist Feminists believe you can do anything you want to do because the personal choice is, well, it's personal. And nobody's opinion should encumber it. But the problem that Jenner has unwittingly brought to the fore is that the feminist lobby has spent the last 50 years saying that how they, how they look is not what defines them. Now, how Caitlin looks is a problem. Again, because he did not choose the right path. I have little interest in this story because there is nothing that I can do to influence it as far as voicing my opinion. The Bruce Jenner narrative is not a place where I am allowed and even to speak into the public discussion would draw the ire of the mainstream, a distraction that rarely promotes Christ's cause. However, I have found it more than Ironic that he has tossed a monkey wrench into the to-each-his-own universe. In my view, there are two controversial talking points, and I want to begin to turn this podcast now. We've moved past the biographical part, and I want to make it more personally practical. And so as I think about this, there are two controversial talking points in this feministic dust-up. The first one is about authority, which is the God question. Who gets to determine What makes a man or a woman? Now, we have an easy answer for that, but it's not easy for some people. And then the second question, outside of the authority question, who gets to determine, man and male and female? The second is a human question. What is Bruce Jenner's core problem? Why is he struggling this way? What is going on inside of him that is just stirring up so much that makes him to want to change himself from a man to a woman? And this is the part that I want you to focus on. In fact, I would appeal to you 
that for you to benefit the most is that you do personalize this second question. What is his core problem? In fact, you could say it this way. What is my core problem? Because the Adamic tendencies that are in Bruce Jenner are in me, and they're in you too. And so who is the ruling authority in your life, and how do you respond to that higher power? Those are the two questions. Now, for the Christian, the impulse response is that God is our authority. That's question number one. And that is accurate from a theological perspective, but it can be a bit cliched from a practical one. And so, yeah, okay, let's just check, let's tick that box and let's say that God is the authority in our lives. But that leads us to the second question. What is Bruce Jenner's core problem? Or more personally, what is yours? What is mine? What is going on inside of us that makes us unhappy with ourselves? So in Genesis 2.20, here's the authority question. It says this, but for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its flesh, its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Now, my worldview is straightforward, is direct, is unambiguous. God created the man. God created the woman. There are only two genders, male and female, even though there are biological variances because of fallenness, there's only male and female. But because of sin, depravity, fallenness, there can be variances like the intersect person. But it boggles the mind that we're in a place where this is an arguable talking point. Though we do understand that if you do reject God, if you do reject his word, you can make up anything. It's kind of like the evolutionist. I mean, if you're going to reject God, you can't sit in the corner with a dunce cap on saying, I don't know. And so Darwin and friends make up evolution because they have to give a response because they reject God and his word. And that's what's happened here when it comes to gender. Feminists say that being a man and a woman is not about biology or physicality. They do not believe biology makes gender. Like the gay lobby, they assert that anyone can decide what they want to be. And they have done a remarkable job debunking what they call cultural stereotypes, like boys don't have to have blue and girls do not have to play with dolls. Going back to Eleanor Burkett one more time, she talked about this and how the feminist movement has deconstructed what it means to be a boy and a girl. Eleanor Burkett said, quote, Women like me are not lost in false paradoxes. We were smashing binary views of male and female well before most Americans had ever heard the word transgender or used the word binary as an adjective. Because we did and continue to do so, thousands of women, once confined to jobs as secretaries, beauticians, or flight attendants, now work as welders, mechanics, and pilots. It's why our daughters play with trains and trucks as well as dolls and why most of us Feel free to wear skirts and heels on Tuesday and blue jeans on Friday, Eleanor Burkett at the New York Times. She called it a, a smashing, smashing the binary views. This public smash campaign, it's worked well for them. We've gone from binary persons, which means having two parts, male and female, to the uniperson that is neither male nor female when 
men want to be women or when women want to be men, they typically choose to transform themselves into traditional norms, like what a traditional man is or a traditional woman, as Bruce Jenner did. Long-standing cultural stereotypes for a gender to show the world what they hope to become. But again, that was the rub. Bruce did not change himself the right way. He wanted to be pretty, and the feminists are upset at the transgenders now. And the transgender person is is unaware how they have they've angered more than just their feminist counterparts. It's a problem when you choose to defy God by creating gods made in your image. You think the feminist is 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 the people who are angry at you, which is true. But whenever you step outside of God's design for life and godliness, you're running headlong into traps. Bruce Jenner and those who have gone before him, like Renee Richards. Renee Richards was a doctor in the 70s, I believe. I believe it was the 70s. He was a doctor, a man who became a woman and played tennis. But when Bruce Jenner and Renee Richards, they have created a dilemma for the God antagonist. The solution to the Bruce Jenner problem is is to accept God's design. I know that's easy to say, and I don't mean it simplistically. I really don't, because people do struggle with same-sex attraction, and I don't want to be insensitive to it. And people do feel like they're born in the wrong body, and that is a true struggle. We all have Adamic struggles to different degrees and different kinds, but the solution is to accept God's design but I know that I, there's no use, for, again, for me to say that because they're not going to listen to me. But we can learn from the cultural culture's intramural squabble about how to reject God. You see, the impulse reaction is to chastise them for their biblical indifference. We can do better than that by asking the Lord to help us not to fall into the same traps The truth is, and this is really the second part of the podcast, Bruce is like us. We're like him. I titled this podcast, Do You See How Similar You Are to Caitlyn Jenner? Bruce Jenner has communicated what we all have said at one time or another. Bruce does not like himself, meaning Bruce doesn't like his Adamic self. He wants a change. He, he wants to change into an image of his choosing. He's like the person who looks in the mirror and says, I don't like the way that I am. I mean, here's just a very sh- short, non-exhaustive list of, of comments that you and I are made, or we, we understand these comments to be true, whether we made them or not. We get what's being said here when we say we don't like our, ourselves, our Adamic selves. For example, I'm not the smartest person in the class. Another will say, I'm not famous, or I'm not pretty, or I'm not rich. Somebody will say, I'm not like Jesus. I'm not like my neighbor. I wish I had a nice car. I wish I could preach like him. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm discontent. I wish I married a different person. I wish I were not addicted to fill in the blank. I wish I had children. I wish I had not done fill in the blank. All of us have been there. Many of us are there where Bruce is. I do not like myself. I do not like my Adamic self. Our hearts cry. 
is that we want to be something that we are not. And that's why I'm not disgusted with Bruce Jenner. Actually, I feel sorry for him because he has not found what was given to me. I mean, said very clearly in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not of work, so that no one may boast. I, I have received God's grace. God has penetrated, imposed himself into my life and began to make those dynamic, transformative changes from the Adamic self to the Christ self. And that's why I'm not totally disgusted with Bruce Jenner, because I do. I get him. He has sipped from wells that hold no water. You remember what Jeremiah said in 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewned out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. He has tried to alter his inner dysfunction by using a different means from what the Lord provides. Haven't you gone down that path too? Solomon said it this way in Ecclesiastes 1.8. He said, All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Augustine said it this way in his work, uh, The Confessions. He says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. That's from the Confessions of Augustine. We know what Bruce wants. It's as plain as day. He put the desire of his heart on the cover of Vanity Fair. He's a 60-something-year-old man who has turned himself into an artificial 30-something-year-old model female. We all have an image or a life we want. We, We all long to put off the old Adam that has made us miserable and put on something that we believe will bring us happiness. Some of us have put on Christ. Praise God. Maybe somebody will hear this and strive for a similar thing. Paul talked about it this way in Ephesians 4. He said, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, created created differently from the old self, after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, Paul said. I hope that you are appropriately dissatisfied with yourself. I hope you have a holy hatred for how you are, your Adamic self, and you want to change into something better, Christ-likeness. And I do hope that that something better is Jesus. Bruce does not want to be like Jesus. Bruce wants to be wants Caitlin, a transformation into his version of perfection, an image in his mind. His diagnosis is called autogonophilia, autogonophilia, a person attracted to a woman in the form of oneself. The path to this kind of narcissistic idolatry, it follows a four-step process. Autogonophilia follows this four-step process One, Bruce is attracted to women. Two, Bruce desires to be a woman. Three, Bruce has an idea of the kind of woman he wants to be. Four, 
Bruce transformed himself into an image of his making. And that is the four-step process. The problem between Bruce and his peers, it happened when his image of what a woman should be conflicted with the feminist movement. They have spent a half a century debunking the June Cleaver from the Leave it to Beaver uh, television show from, I guess, the 60s it was. And yes, I watched those shows too and enjoyed them. According to the feminist lobby, in an ironic twist of dark fate, Bruce became an image of the anti-woman. While they are fighting over how women should present themselves, we must come back to a more probing question. How does discontentment manifest itself in your life? Images, ideas, and people manage us all the time. The ambitious Christian is looking for fame, so he compromises biblical integrity. The insecure teen wants someone to like her, so she adapts herself into an image of her making, hoping someone will approve. The stay-at-home mom endlessly scrolls Facebook while drowning in discontent because she cannot have what they have. Bruce needs to know that gender reassignment will not change him. He may look like a woman on the outside. He may surgically alter himself into his preferred image, but Caitlin will not find satisfaction through man-engineered alterations no matter what they are. Paul McHugh from the Witherspoon Institute said this, When the tumult and shouting dies... It proves not easy nor wise to live in a counterfeit sexual garb. The most thorough follow-up of sex-reassigned people, extending over 30 years and conducted in Sweden, where the culture is strongly supportive of the transgendered, documents their lifelong mental unrest. 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who have Undergone sex reassignment surgery rose to 20 times that of comparable peers. That's Paul McHugh of the Witherspoon Institute. It's easy to admonish those who walk in darkness. It's easy to understand how it's not going to work. As Paul McHugh is saying here, 10 or 30 years, uh, 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who have undergone sex reassignment surgery rose 20 times that of their comparable peers. And so we can see that and we can admonish them, but we need to know that there is a way that seems right to us. And we know that path leads to death. And though a strong rebuke might be the right reaction, it's not the only reaction that we should have. There's another assessment that you must take, that I must take. It's that blooming log projecting from our eye socket. And we must ask ourselves some important questions. For example, number one, in what way are you not happy? How do unrest and discontentment operate in your soul? Would you take some time to think about these questions? Is there someone or something that that drags you down and you can't get away from them or you can't get away from that thing and it it just triggers you? It's like everyday heat in your life that just draws these things out of your life and you're frustrated inside. 
Are there those you envy, wishing you had some of what they have? Or maybe it's the unrest in our country. Does the unrest that you see in our culture, does it make you unrestful? The first step to finding satisfaction in the Lord is to identify the troubling thorn in your life. You see, Paul said to put off the old person, that former manner of life, that you put that off. You have to identify what that thing is, a person, place, thing, situation, relationship, idea, Maybe you're just innerly troubled because you don't like you, your Adamic self. Whatever it may be, once you identify the problem, the person, the situation, you can start talking or start asking the why does it bother me question. Why does this really bother you, this dissatisfaction, discontentment, unhappiness, unrest that you have in your soul? You must do more in-depth work in your soul from that juncture of identification. And you want to do that so that that idol does not mature in your life and control you and take you down. I trust that you have somebody that you can talk to about these matters. The title of the podcast is, Do You See How Similar You Are to Caitlyn Jenner? I hope the Spirit of God has illuminated your mind in such a way that you do see there are things. He's still working on me, and, and I trust you see the things where God still wants to work in you. So as we rebuke those who are walking unruly, walking in darkness, doing sinful and evil things, we also want to examine that blooming log that is stuck in our eye socket. If you don't have someone that you can talk to, I would encourage you to talk to us. We have forums. They're free to you, again, provided by those who faithfully support us uh, each, each month, each year. And you're welcome to come to us and talk. But I trust that you can find the help you need so you can continue to mature in Christ-likeness.